1: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
2: We have a lot to get to in our final segment. So instead of the two-minute drill, let's call it the four-minute drill. (laughs) The two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. Close enough. So Dan, I appreciated what you had to put on the Twitter machine on Monday morning. I knew you were going to get some pushback. But I think the points are, are valid. I'll let you take it from there. But I think the overall theme was that this experience against the Buffalo Bills, which followed up a game against the Philadelphia Eagles, two straight weeks against two teams that you could envision playing each other in this year's Super Bowl, underscored and emphasized just how far the Bears do have to go. In spite of the fact that this season, if it was committed to finding your quarterback, congratulations, you did that. But now that you've answered that question, so many others look glaring and very difficult to address. This is going to take a while.
0: Yeah. So a couple things. I'm going to read you uh, some thoughts from my my Twitter thread here in a second and get your reaction because it'll be good to have that discussion. But I also want to point out that this rationale that the Bears aren't getting blown out that often is such a like – weird high school lens on things right? like high school teams getting blown out often is something to be concerned about NFL teams getting blown out often almost never happens we all know how this league is set up we all know how these games come down to close games in the fourth quarter and it's the teams that have playmakers to finish things off that win at the highest level and so this idea that oh they're hanging in games is is enough for me I looked it up today because I had somebody c- come at me in the tw- Twitter thread and say that you know the Bears are consistent covering the spread so that means that they're outperforming expectations well they're actually they're five nine and one against the spread this year Mm -hmm. and actually they have now lost four games by at least 20 points which is more than either the 2015 2016 john fox led bears teams did and so this idea that that suddenly they're they're at some acceptable level of of competitiveness because they've only lost by 20 points four times it's it's mind-boggling to me so now That segues me right into some of what I tweeted on Monday morning that got the uh, expected blowback. And of course we can sound it out here, but I said the first tweet I sent, sent out said, if you are watching the bears objectively, it's stunningly obvious how steep their climb back toward relevance will be. Would love to hear the counter argument to that. I said, at this point, the bears can't stop the run. Can't rush the passer struggle to protect their quarterback and have the league's worst passing attack. Their four game offensive eruption was five games ago. Now they need playmakers and quality depth across the board to be playing meaningful football in December, 2023. The bears will have to be almost perfect in their personnel acquisitions see a surplus of key developmental breakthroughs and have supreme injury luck at this point most bears optimism is justifiably centered around justin fields playmaking ability but then mostly furthered by imagination
2: so that's interesting I, I think you got a lot there and, and not that you were inviting the kind of scrutiny you received or the pushback but certainly if you put it in those terms you're going to get it um, only because I do I think it's it's uh, brutally honest. Um, here, here's the only thing I would not push back at, but but, but I think a couple of key questions come to mind. Yeah, number one, when you talk about the steep climb, you're exactly right. It is a steep climb back to relevance, respectability, playoff contention, wherever you want to place that bar. But I think that's the key question. Steep climb, how high are you going? How high do you feel like you need to go? to justify some of this hope that has surfaced this season because it is the NFL, and I always believe this. Now, when we can talk about the Bears being two off-seasons away from being at the level that they can compete with the Bills and the Eagles and prevent themselves from having four games of of four losses by at least 20 points, you've got to do that. But how high is is that destination point, that finish line? Because if the steep climb is to get to respectability in the playoffs. And I think that with a creative offseason, with a, you know, catching lightning in the bottle with a coaching staff that's dynamic, you might be in a position where you're more competitive in 2023. And that may be acceptable because that's better than being three and 12. If we're sitting here a year from now and we're talking about a five win bears team in December, that's not good enough. That, that, that to me is not good enough. But I do think that if you're sitting there in December with you're one of these teams in the hunt, that's more realistic. And Dan, I would say that might be more attainable depending on how successfully you navigate this offseason
0: how successfully you navigate this offseason with a surplus of draft picks and a lot of cap money. That's what everybody's really excited about, and that's why my last word and what I just read to you a minute ago was an imagination because it's, it's right. people imagining and envisioning what this team could look like. Brad Biggs pointed out that over the weekend, the Bears lost two of their uh, key contributors for 2023 and Elton Jenkins and Jack Conklin, right, two <laughs> offensive linemen who people dreamed were going to be on the starting line in front of, in front of Justin Fields and are suddenly re-signed well, by the teams
2: they play well, for. Okay, okay. you open that door, so let me walk through it. How did we think these people were going to be members of the Bears teams? This was put out there. Imagination. Imagination. Fans with websites have imagination. This is what happens when we open the door that wide to to entertain this notion that we want to believe things that may or may not be true. That's not reporting them. That is wishing for them. And you can wish for all these guys to come to the Bears in free agency And you can have $100 million to spend, but it doesn't mean you're going to spend it wisely. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get people to take it. It doesn't even mean these guys are going to be available because the two guys that you mentioned aren't.
0: Right. And they didn't even have a chance to have a contract discussion with them in February or March with their their camps. David, there's so much that goes into this with with, with this idea that they're just going to go into a a, a supermarket that has everything that they need. And they just got to pick off the shelves and then go to the register and use the self-checkout. And off you go into the parking lot with the team that can compete in 2023. You have to still go through the draft and free agency and get guys and listen, like what I've been saying for weeks now is it's okay as a fan to entertain best case scenarios. But I, all I'm asking is that you also acknowledge worst case scenarios and find somewhere in the middle where you say, okay, this is probably more realistic. It's not the best case scenario. It's not the worst case scenario. What's realistic for them to get done. You talk to people around the league and they say the bears could probably add a half dozen quality contributors this offseason, And that means guys that can be, um, difference-making contributors, most likely starters, to your next playoff team, whether that's 23, 24, 25, that's a pretty big number. And that's going to take everything going right to get a half dozen. And they need probably a dozen and a half at this point, particularly based on what a lot of people say on Twitter and saying, you know, you got to get rid of 70% of the roster, and then you just, you just start from scratch and you build a playoff contender.
2: Twitter's not real life. I mean, let's, let's, let's sorry, I've got to get off there. (laughs) No, but, but, but I do, I do think that that's an interesting number. A a couple of thoughts come to mind. Number one, half dozen would to me suggest that you're going to get three instant contributors in the draft drafting where you are. You should, especially if you turn your high picks into multiple picks, you could get three contributors in the draft. They did last draft and they should have the same kind of standard this draft. Secondly, that would leave three for free agency. That's probably a tall order in free agency. That's more than you would typically want to go into free agency to get or to buy. And yet I do think it's realistic that the Bears go into free agency with that in mind. What positions they are, well, that determines on what's available, what's affordable, and how desperate you become. Um, as for the best and worst case scenarios, you're exactly right. You want to find somewhere in the middle. The problem, Dan, is that why what you're what you're putting out there. While fans and fans in the media want to push back at this is because they want to believe the best case scenario is more likely than the worst case scenario. When in fact, I think what your opinions are based on not to speak for you, but you've been around here long enough to understand (laughs) the bears have been closer to the worst case scenario than they have the best case and so typically that will lead us to believe and inform our own opinions that they're going to be more likely to follow that path than they are the other one because the other one just doesn't happen often enough right
0: and 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 look there're going to be missteps along the way there're going to be draft picks that that fizzle and fade guys that uh, on draft weekend people are talking about as being you know 10-year bearers with 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 incredible credentials that by the time it comes time to, to to see whether they're in their fifth season with the team you look around and go whatever happened to that guy right. how many times has that happened right you know ryan pace picked four times in a row in the top 10 and didn't get a single one of those guys to a second contract with the team so you, you know like there are going to be missteps along the way and you, you said something that i don't know it's it's dangerous territory but it's i think it's part of the the issue that we're running into within this season is it's the phrase fans in the media. And it's, it's folks that are, are selling only the upper upper, right corner of the photograph right and they photoshopped out all the mess and all the debris and everything else and, and say look here because this is this is the beautiful timeshare we're going to sell you and then you get there and it's you know right next to a dumpster and, it, and there, 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 there's
2: a, a <laughs> and, and let me be perfectly clear here this is not said with any individual or group in mind this is just a general response to the tone that is out there and the way the industry has changed, not just in Chicago, this isn't, Everywhere. This, this isn't just a, a Bears media, Bears town type of thing. You look around, every sport has it, every city kind of is it has gone through it, especially ones that struggle to the extent that Chicago sports teams have. There, what, 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 Objectivity is being misinterpreted as negativity. And maybe it will come off that way to some people, but they aren't the same thing. There's a very distinct, subtle difference between objectivity and negativity. And I think what's happened this year is we have seen that not everyone understands that. And that's okay and that may sound like, you know, we are doing a different job or whatever and we're judging people, but stop covering the coverage and stop evaluating the way that we're interpreting things because what it is is that you know the bears can do this and the bears can get better but there's a long way to go objectively speaking so don't see things that aren't necessarily there
0: i also want to get into this later in the week because i've i've pulled up some research the bears lost their 12th game on on saturday afternoon and and the idea that they can turn it around is different from the notion that they will turn it around and there's all the you know everybody wants to tell you about the 2020 Bengals and all the all the success stories of teams that that flip the switch and turn around but they never tell you about like the 2006 raiders or like the 2018 uh you, you know I, i'd have to go find my list again but you know the the jaguars from 2012 and th- the number of teams that lose 12 games in a season and go on the next year to make the playoffs is half as many as the number of teams that lose 12 games in a season and lose at least 10 the following season as well. And so like, like when you're doing the math game, you say, no, I'm not telling you that it's impossible. I have never said that it's impossible for the bears to have a breakthrough season in 2023 and be one of these teams that flips the switch and gets in the playoffs. But I'm also telling you it's very possible that they're six and 11 and seven and 10 next year. And and, and that that if you look at their roster as currently constructed and and identify how many shrewd hit moves it's going to take to get themselves in position to win eight, nine or 10 games, you go, I don't know. I don't know if I can lean in that direction realistically because – my brain tells me reasonably that it has a lower percentage, right? It's, uh, is it impossible? No, but percentages say that the other thing is going to, going to happen. Remind me later in the week, because I want to pull up some of those numbers for you exactly to give you an indication of this is a 20 year sample size of teams. It's 97 teams that have finished with at least Twelve losses from 2002 to 2021, and then what they've done the following year. Because it it will it will boggle your mind to see how often it doesn't turn the corner, and then people only remember the times that it does.
2: Look forward to that. And the last thought I have on this is that it's very conceivable to me that the Bears could be in the six and seven victory range in 2023, and Justin Fields could still be a Pro Bowl quarterback that doesn't have to be one yeah. related to the other. He could be a, a a winning player on a losing team. He could realize his potential, maybe not as, you know, the winning aspect, and that would be the the, the storyline and the narrative, and can he do this and that. But I do think it's conceivable that in year three of his NFL career, Justin Fields could take that step to become a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, and yet the Bears could still be uh, in, in a double-digit loss Kind of situation from a roster perspective. Didn't that's, de- that's not crazy.
0: Didn't Deshaun Watson lead the NFL in passing yards for a 12 loss football team?
2: Yeah, I think so. I I'd have to look <laughs> right? it up, but I think you're right. Yeah, that right. sounds familiar.
0: So, 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 how how much do you need to have going right around you as a a game changing playmaking quarterback to even sniff success? Justin Herbert's had three tremendous seasons. I think he's got you know thirteen thousand plus passing yards in three seasons, and he's still sitting on a team that's just trying to right. get its you know claws in the cliff to climb back into to the in the hunt graphics and and, and hang around. The other part of this, we mentioned this a little bit ago. And I wanted to get your perspective on this because it was that that week seven through week 10 surge where the bears scored and scored and scored and scored. And they averaged 31 points per game for that four game stretch. And everyone thought that this was the new normal, that this was here to stay explosive offense. Every week, the bears can score with the best of them. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL for this four week span. Yada yada, And then here we are five games later the last four Justin Fields starts, they've averaged nineteen points per game. I get it, there's been attrition. Darnell Mooney's not here anymore. Chase Claypool's been hurt. The offensive line's reshuffling. They've played some different competition. But you can't also just sort of selectively choose a four-game sample size in a 17-game season and say, This is who we are going to be, while ignoring the other 12 starts that your your quarterback makes and the, the and the statistical outputs that come from those starts. And so I, I like I, I I, I just can't stress it enough. You, you know, David, you've been around this league long enough to understand what it means. And this goes back to your original question on, on what is relevant. So, uh, like, coming, coming out of the 2018 season, Steve Leventhal is a guy who kind of pops in and out of the beat. And he had written a book on the 2018 Bears, and it became kind of a, a laughing joke for Rich Campbell and I because the title of the book was Return to Respectability. And we laughed about it because it was like, this is what they write books about when they're talking about the Chicago bears in the 21st century return to respectability, you know, we won a division crown and then lost in the first round of playoffs. And, but it's like, so relevance, you know, that's a, a word you brought up just a minute ago. What is relevance to me? Relevance is having a team that is capable of having three consecutive winning seasons, something the bears organization hasn't achieved since 1988. And so you can have these like wishes. and like, Hey, we can be in the hunt graphic in December, 2023. Okay. Is that your goal? Is that your destination is to jump in the, in the hunt graphic? Are you trying to pursue championships? Are you trying to give yourself a bite at the apple every year where you're in the playoff hunt year after year, after year, after year, and you can have this enjoyable experience of, of going after championships because you've got a roster that can sustain success under those guidelines, under those benchmarks, this roster is so damn far from being able to, to put together uh, three consecutive winning seasons. And you're going to have to be really, really good in the next offseason and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that to be one of those teams.
2: And to do that, you have to be a draft-driven team. I don't think you can do that by relying on free agency each and every year. You, to sustain success, it has to start from within. And and maybe that's part of what this bear season would represent. You've seen some growth in some young rookies, Braxton Jones, Jaquan Brisker, I think Kyler Gordon, you mentioned Josh Blackwell is a player. I think doesn't get a lot of attention, but I think he's a guy. Jack Sanborn. These are names that may be part of the team that, when the Bears do make it back to the playoffs, provided that does happen. But that sustained success, the beginning of relevance. I like the idea of having three consecutive years of of competing, of winning, and being that team. Yeah, that's a good that's a good measuring stick. and I think a good way to gauge that.